0: You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day with amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you happy thirsty Thursday. I should crack something open, but I won't, don't worry. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of whole where you can find all of my written work. Today, we'll talk about Gators. Two-quarterback system. That's what I'm looking forward to, at least. We'll talk about the scrimmage notes from the final scrimmage, and Florida's out of the uh, recruiting race for Walter Nolan, so that is really fun. We're going to wrap up by talking about that one. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Locked On Gators wherever you listen to podcasts that you never miss an episode, and please do subscribe to Locked On Gators on YouTube. And now... Time to talk about a possible two-quarterback system or at least some fun things we can see come out of the two-quarterback plays. All right, now we're taking a look at this possible Gators two-quarterback system. It's just for fun. I got it drawn up here. We've got the two wide receivers out wide, of course. we got the two slot receivers. I don't care who it is. It could be Gamble, Ricks, Copeland. I don't care necessarily who those players are. That's irrelevant, as is the offensive line. And you can also take this slot and move him right here and have him as a tight end if you'd like to do that. But again, for the purpose of this, this is what we're doing. We're we're rocking gun doubles, gun spread, whatever you want to call it. Two quarterbacks in the backfield. I don't care, again, whether that left one is Emery Jones, right one's Anthony Richardson. I don't care if you flip them around. That's irrelevant. We're talking about what this offense could look like, some fun things they can, you know. Pull rabbit out of the hat here every now and then. And here's the easiest one that we're going to talk about. Simply put, read option. That's what we're doing here. We've got Emery Jones go right. Anthony Richardson go left. You make that read on this little weak side defensive end right there, that backside defensive end right there. And you go with it, no matter who it is, no matter who, obviously, if the D end runs in, Emery's going to keep it. For this sake, we'll put Emery as that left quarterback, Anthony Richardson as the right one. Emery can keep it and go out wide and Anthony Richardson can go to the left and he'll be chased and he have the ball. So it'll be fine. Or we can have a little bit more fun with it, which is what I'm thinking of. At least I'm thinking we have this little read option here. So that stays the same. Okay. That, that stays the same. You're still reading this guy right here. If he comes in, then Emery keeps it. If he stands still, then Emery hands it off. Let's say Emery keeps it in this case. And we could have a little fun with it by then turning it into somewhat of an RPO at that point by having Emery take the ball. We'll have this slot run a drag. We'll have this receiver run a slant. And then you've got that option. If Emery keeps the ball, he can then choose to pass it. If Emery hands it off, then you've got Anthony Richardson can then run to the flat and this receiver, Anthony Richardson can then, sorry, (laughs) keep the ball and he can choose to pass it to that slant or that flat option there. That's a little bit, it it, it gets complicated at that point specifically because you've got to watch this offensive line. And of course, college football is very different from the NFL in the sense that there's still ineligible man downfield in the NFL. You get one yard where an offensive lineman can go downfield in college. You get three yards. So it's a little bit easier to utilize RPOs in the passing game for college. Um, But here, I mean, again, we've got three yards to deal with, so you've really got to trust your offensive line to not get upfield too early to let your quarterbacks make a decision here. Uh, so we've got the slants and the flats. We could also run these little bubbles and slants, and for the purpose of this, of course, I'm not going too in-depth with drawing the actual routes. I'm just showing generally where they're going. So you would have, again, Amory can keep it and go right, and then he can throw to the bubble or the slant. And or Anthony Richardson could keep it and go left and go with the bubble or the slant. That's what we're looking at that way. We've also got a little bit of a, a fun one here, where let's say these outside receivers are now blocking, which is again, like you gotta rely on who you can. And in this case, we're, we're trusting them. And then you kind of have Anthony Richardson. Let's say takes the handoff and he goes out wide. You then have this slot receiver be kind of like a bubble, but it's really a triple option where he can pitch it and Emery Jones do the same thing with this slot receiver on the right side. So again, these are just like some things you can see from this offense when we go to quarterback packages because just the way everything is going with Emery Jones, Anthony Richardson being two pretty talented quarterbacks and being in an offense where we like to have a little bit of fun every now and then I'll say we like to get crazy with some things. Those are two ways that we can see this offense really, uh, really work with these multiple quarterbacks. So we've got again, like like the slant bubble. We can try to push it downfield a little bit, but the thing is that it would have to be if the corners on the outside bit really hard on this little option. Uh, you can have something like this, where you've got the slots go into the flats and maybe that corner sticks the slot uh, that goes into the flat, or maybe you can hit them deep. But again, you've only got that three yard gap that we're really talking about that. I mean, that offensive lineman can go three yards downfield and that's pretty much it. And that's where things get really murky because if you want to run those slants, bubbles, whatever it is, you've got to get the ball out quick. And that all comes down to whether your quarterback can make that decision in the, uh, in the allotted time. And that's, that's just putting your faith in them for being honest and hoping that they can make the plays. But I fully expect, I mean, in Oklahoma, we saw them on the same field. uh, We saw them on the field at the same time with Emory at QB and Anthony Richardson in the slot. I have no doubt that we will see them both in the backfield at some point this season. And those are just a few of the plays that you might see with the Gators and running their two quarterback system. And I mean, honestly, I'm excited to see it happen. Like it's something that I spoke with uh, Ben Glassmeyer, who also spoke about the two quarterback system, but he was talking about Derek King in the NFL. I'm talking about in college, seeing it happen now. I, I think we could see it this year just a little bit. Obviously, it won't be a two quarterback system. It'll be a two quarterback package and a few plays, but it's something that. I mean, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Dan Mullen or Lincoln Riley or something like that. And we've got the personnel to do it. So I think it's going to be the Gators at some point this year. Need something to do with your stimulus, tax refund, GameStop, Dogecoin, NIL, any other crypto money, really? Visit rockauto.com for all of your car parts needs. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. I don't even have a car, JK. I do, but I hate driving it sometimes, man. It's just just awful sometimes. Not not having the car, but having to drive it and park it is just such a pain. And yeah, I'm just being whiny. (laughs) Whether it's brake pads, taillights, hydraulics, fuzzy dice in a mirror, whatever it is that you want to get for your car, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, whether it's your classic, or daily driver. Mine's more like a weekly driver, like I just food shop and stuff like that. But hey, I still do it. Get everything you need delivered in just a few easy steps delivered directly to your door, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so that they know exactly who sent you. Talking about some scrimmage notes, this final two segments are probably going to be a little quicker and little, a little shorter than usual. But looking at the scrimmage notes, we've got Desmond Watson is who I'm starting off with. Desmond Watson, of course, just a mountain of a man. Like, he is a beast. Uh, he's been defined as unblockable, granted, um, going against the twos and threes for offensive line, but still, he's been defined as unblockable, and that's still impressive no matter who you're going against. Like, these are still good college players that you're going against, even if it's not the ones. Um Desmond Watson's lost 40 pounds since getting to Gainesville and he is still 400 pounds or at least listed as 400 pounds. And that is absurd. Um, He's going to need to drop a little bit of weight to get in better football shape to be a more versatile defensive tackle. He's a, he's a good nose at this point, but that's pretty much all he would be at his current size. Uh, Dan Mullen has said that the goal is to get, De- uh, get Desmond Watson down to about 380 pounds. So he's got 20 pounds to go, but he's lost 40 pounds in a fairly quick amount of time, which to me, that kind of points out that it was very bad weight that he lost in that time. Um, so, um, I mean, Hopefully he can continue to go get to 380 and hopefully we'll see him on the field at least a decent amount this season. Next up is Demarcus Bowman, who's someone that I have so openly praised and I'm so openly excited for what he can bring to this offense and bring to this roster. And he's made a few huge plays in camp and in the scrimmages. And I mean, I think he's earning more touches. And it's weird because... When I did the running back breakdown, he was obviously someone that I brought up as a guy that I think early in the year won't be a big contributor for this running back room. And I I think that's still going to be the case, but he could take a bigger role in this offense earlier than I expected. Again, whether it's playing just straight up running back, moving to the slot a little bit just to be that receiving option and have a little uh, trick play ability, or if we go empty set, he could be the running back out there. But, I mean, he's someone who's – he's going to earn touches quicker than we're thinking or quicker than I expected. I don't know about you guys, but, yeah, quicker than I expected. And then on defense, we've got Chris Bogle as the guy that I'm going to talk about because I spoke about him yesterday when I was talking about how we can fix this Gators pass rush. Um, And I'm going to talk about him today, and I spoke about him when talking about just the defensive line in general. Chris Bogle is someone who – he's been getting uh, increased snaps – at the Buck defensive end, like the Rush defensive end spot, uh, mainly because Brenton Cox Jr. and Andrew Chatfield have been dealing with injuries. Uh, Cox is more serious than Chatfield's, of course, but they've both been dealing with injuries, and Chris Bogle has made the most of those increased snaps that he's been seeing, and he could be someone who we see earn even more snaps, and hopefully, hopefully the Gators go with this NASCAR package that I was talking about yesterday, and Chris Bogle will get on the field and wreak havoc uh, especially if he's going to continue improving and again similar to Desmond Watson going against uh, primarily backup offensive linemen in that final scrimmage but I mean again these are still good college football players that they're going against and still good college football players that that he's succeeding against and that's a very underrated part of this that he is seeing consistent success against these guys. Then we'll talk about just a few things Dan Mullen brought up. Uh, One of the things he brought up was that a lot of these players in the secondary um, have been in situations before, and a lot of them haven't been in situations. And I put it in quotes not because it's off-field situations. It's on-field situations because we've got the experience with Kair Elam, uh, Trey Dean, Rashad Torrance, Trevez Johnson, but pretty much everyone behind them, question mark. Like, that's the biggest thing. Jaden Hill was supposed to be that guy opposite Kyrie Elam, question mark. <laughs> that, that's that's just where we're at now, and it, it, it's worrisome. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, we had it in the cornerbacks and the safeties episode. It, it's pretty worrisome what this team is going to do at the corner two spot because while we've got, I think, a strong secondary outside of corner two, having one week member in the secondary could expose your entire secondary to just big plays. And that's something that really, really, really killed the Gators last year. It's something that cannot kill the Gators this year. We cannot afford to do so because the window is now like that. This is still a team that I am firmly confident can be a playoff team, can be a championship contender. And I mean, yeah, no, we can't, have those huge plays kill us. Like we did last year. Like the A and M game was like big plays that just should not have happened. And that murdered us really when it came down to it. And then we, I mean, I just spent the first segment talking about Anthony Richardson and Emory Jones and Dan Mullins expressed confidence in Anthony Richardson and his ability to run with the ones. We've been talking about Dan Mullins saying, I don't have one starter. I have and a backup. I have two starters and that's Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson. And, Anthony Richardson has been impressing. Like uh, Tyler Fornes, who's now with NBC sports was talking about. He's a big Anthony Richardson guy and the quarterback battle could be closer than people are expecting. And Emery is still the guy, but Anthony Richardson could be seeing more snaps than he expected because I was kind of thinking of him as someone who would come in similar to the role that Emory Richardson played with Kyle Trask, where he would rotate and occasionally get a few snaps here. Anthony Richardson could be seeing significant snaps this year for the Gators. And last, we got Malik Davis and Naquan Wright have impressed despite not having starting offensive linemen out there. And that's a big thing because our defensive line depth wise is, I mean, even not depth wise is uh, significantly better than our offensive line depth wise. And Malik Davis and Naquan Wright have impressed against that better defensive line group. So, I'm hoping for big things from them. I'm very excited for this rushing game and these running backs in general, and I cannot wait to see more of these Gators. Think the Gators have a shot at the Natty this year? If you're confident, bet Online currently has plus 2,800 odds, and I'm just saying, I'm going to take them. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online, even award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost <clears throat> anything you can imagine it is the best way to place your bets and it's 100% free to sign up head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus for those of you that are not great at math that's whatever you put in if you put in 50 bucks they're going to give you 50 bucks on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use promo code locked on that is L O C K E D O N for your 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit with betonline.ag. And to wrap up, we're talking about Walter Nolan, a very prestigious defensive line recruit. That's, I mean, but I'm just going to get into it. All right. <laughs> Walter Nolan yesterday, last night, released his final top three. They were Texas A&M, Tennessee, and Georgia. And um, that was, I, I was flabbergasted after seeing it because uh, the last time that Walter Nolan put out a top five, um, it included Alabama, Michigan, and Florida. And the team. Okay, now I've named six teams now. Um, so top five means that one in the top three was not in that top five previously, and that was Texas A and M. So they kind of they kind of sneaky snaked their way in. They they just they got their way in, which woohoo! Congrats, you're still going to suck, um, even if like if he does go to you. Um, and I mean, just given how everything was going recruiting wise with Walter Nolan and the Florida Gators. You know, he had multiple visits. He was talking about us, and he, it, he seemed to be very happy with how things were going. Um, I'm I'm a little shocked that Florida didn't make the top three because from the outside looking in, I don't know, Walter Nolan, I don't have the inside drive with anything, but from the outside looking in, to me at least, it seemed like Florida was one of the front runners. and so them not being a top three school at all is kind of mind boggling. And, uh, I'm usually not someone that gets upset, irritated, annoyed during recruiting. Um, I'm still not upset, irritated or annoyed with Walter Nolan. I'm, I'm disappointed with Florida for dropping the ball here. Um, and again, like I don't want to be over dramatic with things like this, but that is just, uh, just, just totally unacceptable. If you're asking me, I, I think that losing a recruit of Walter Nolan's, um, caliber is, just downright disappointing, upsetting, and irritating. Uh, and again, on UF's part, I don't care what Walter Nolan's going to do. He's a high school kid. He's going to make his decision, and I'm not going to slaughter him for it. I'm not going to get mad at him for not having Florida in the top three or anything like that. That's not That's not going to get us anywhere. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's certainly disappointing on Florida's part, but I will say with Walter Nolan specifically – I absolutely love how he approached it because last night he posted his top three, which again were Texas A&M, Tennessee, and Georgia. So he's going to be in the SEC at some point. We know that. Uh, Even looking at the top six, I guess, five of them were SEC schools. Michigan was the only non-SEC school. Um, But the way he approached it was last night he announced his top three. This morning he said, I will announce my commitment when I reach 11,000 followers on Instagram. Took him less than two hours, I believe, for him to get there. He gained, I think, 2,000 followers in that time. And I love it because if you don't know the reason, uh, I don't know why he chose 11,000. That number is kind of arbitrary and weird. But he picked that because he's going to be at a major college program next year unless he picks Tennessee. He's going to be at a major college program next year. And that means he's going to be able to make money off his name, image, and likeness. And that is what I love about him because he's, he's handling it incredibly smart to just be like, Hey, I'll announce when I get to 11,000 followers. So then when he commits, surely he's going to commit to a school and the schools that didn't get him, they're going to have followers unfollow him of course, but the followers that follow him for going to that school are going to vastly outnumber the ones that unfollow him. Maybe because unfollowing is kind of a lot of work to go to their profile and click unfollow, and yeah, that's a, it's tedious. So there's that. But um, yeah, so Walter Nolan, congrats! Like you're gonna pick whatever school you want, which is great for you. You're gonna make nil money for being a high re- caliber recruit, and you're going to be able to charge more because of your follower count. So good on you, proud of you fantastic way to handle it but that about does it for today's episode of locked on gators join me tomorrow as we'll take a look at how the gators can fix their run game which is putrid last year uh, once again my name is brandon Olson. you can find me on twitter at w n s underscore brandon you can find all of my written work with whole nine sports as a w h o l e n i n e sports be sure to check out locked on fantasy football once again hosted by Vinny Iyer, part of the lockdown podcast network I don't know about you, but I've got fantasy drafts coming up this week, next week, and the week after that. So I will be going to Benny for all of the fantasy football help that I can get because I will desperately need it because I I need to make that bread, you know? Um, betting on the Gators doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lock On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.